This program is presented by CreamCityUSA.com. This is Cicely Tyson. It's a cold winter day in Beaconsfield, England. The snow is falling so heavily that we can barely see across the square to the old Norman Church Tower. Two teenage schoolgirls are standing outside in the bitter cold. Marie Page has straight blonde hair, and Lynn Hibbard has red curls. Their fair skin is pink from the cold, yet they stay outside, eagerly watching the entrance to Puffin's Tea Shop. Suddenly, Marie grabs Lynn's arm. I told you, that's him, Marie. The girls stare rapturously at Paul Willis as he goes into Puffin's Tea Shop. Paul is the girl's biology teacher. He's writing a book on butterflies and is the faculty sponsor for a very successful student travel program. Yet, somehow, I have a good old Yankee hunch that these two young English girls are much more interested in his tall, graceful frame than they are in his academic prowess. Ready, Lynn? We can't just follow him in there. Of course we can. Come along. No. Seriously, let go of my armory, please. I've never been in love before, and it makes me nauseous. Love doesn't make people nauseous. Besides, I distinctly remember your being in love with the Bay City Rollers. Oh, but they're on the telly. They're not real people. Look, Lenny, whatever happens, whatever Mr. Willis says to you, don't giggle. You'll be safe as long as you remember that. Don't giggle. All right. Oh, ah, uh, hello, Mr. Willis. Marie, Lynn, well, you both look ruddy and healthy. <laughs> oh, Mr. Willis, oh, fancy meeting you here. <laughs> what a coincidence. Well, I, I never would have expected. <laughs> Indeed, this is a surprise. <laughs> I had no idea. <laughs> and that's only the beginning of our story. Mutual Radio Theater, a new adventure in radio listening. Five nights of exceptional entertainment every week, brought to you in Elliot Lewis's production of the Mutual Radio Theater. Our story, Love Conquers All, by Patricia Joyce. Our stars, Joan McCall and Ivor Barry. Sinus flares up. I'm clogged up, headaches, my whole face hurts, hell. Sent for... Sign off. Sign off helps relieve your pain, helps clear congestion, ease sinus pressure and post-nasal drip. Sign off does it all. Send for Sign off. And for the fastest known form of congestion relief, Sign off spray. S I N E O F F. Sign off. The sinus medicines in the bright red box is here for occasional use only as directed. There's no other deodorant soap more effective than Dial. You get that clean, fresh. Confidence feeling all day long with Dial. Aren't you glad? That clean, fresh confidence feeling all day long with Dial. Aren't you glad? You'll be glad Dial's active deodorant ingredient keeps working all day long. That clean, fresh confidence feeling all day long with Dial. 
Marie was right. Giggling was the beginning of the end for poor Lynn. Even after Paul Willis and his friend Clive Burnett sat down to tea, Lynn kept right on giggling. Once the girls were seated, Lynn was able to stop laughing, but she still wasn't able to concentrate on anything. Instead of pouring cocoa into her cup, Lynn poured it onto her kilt. Realizing that the Puffins Tea Shop adventure was already a fiasco, Marie suggested that they leave. Unfortunately, Lynn got up so fast that she toppled her chair over onto Grace Watson's Pekingese. The animal let out an angry squeal and retaliated by biting a hole in Mr. Knight's argyle sock. Puffin's tea shop is now in a state of chaos as Marie and Lynn flee out the door. Oh my, I was nervous. You don't think he could tell, do you? I think he may have noticed. Oh, I knew it. We'll simply try again. I made quite a fool of myself, didn't I? It doesn't matter. Of course it does. I disgraced myself in front of half the town of Beaconsfield. Right in front of him. A person must be willing to suffer humiliation for the sake of true love. Oh, look at me. My kilt soaked through. It will probably freeze stiff by the time we get to your house. I forgot. Come on, let's run home before you catch your death. Did your kilt freeze? No, but it's super cold. Here's my robe. You can put it on and get out of your wet things. Smashing. I'll find you something to wear home. Mm, thanks. However, right now we have more important things to do. Help me get this box out from under my bed. Marie, what's in here? Secrets to success in love. You're joking. Open the lid. Fantastic! What a super collection! Everything you need to know is in those books. Not everything. Everything that's important. If you read enough of these, you'll be able to live by the romantic ideal. In other words... I learned to stop acting like a fool in front of Mr. Willis. I was self-possessed, wasn't I? I have no idea. I was too busy spilling things and knocking things about. Here's a good one. Across the Cossack Night. What's it about? Read the back. Oh, you go ahead. She was the Tsar's court favourite. The haughty, beautiful Countess Natasha. He was the most feared villain in the land. The ruthless, powerful, and cruel leader of the Cossack hordes. Theirs was a love that was emboldened by passion, yet seared by fear and hate. A love that drew them across the wild Russian steppes until they were united as destiny meant them to be. Catch. Marie, this is 963 pages long. Well, that's all right. No, it isn't. Between schoolwork and my job at the sports shop, I haven't time to read a 963-page book. Well, here's one that's only six-something. Against an angry tide. Listen to this. Silver Orchid, a Polynesian princess, must marry the son of the chief. Yet her heart belongs to Edgar MacDonald, a scurrilous Yankee trader. She defies the taboos of her people and transcends her own primitive fears to find her way across the South Pacific and into the arms of the only man she can love. 
At least it's shorter. Read what the reviewer says. Against an Angry Tide is a superb book. I couldn't put it down. I especially like the scene of the volcanic sacrifice. <laughs> Doesn't that sound scrumptious? <laughs> I find it difficult to see a connection between volcanic sacrifices and Mr. Willis. You do? Mm, quite. I should think it would be obvious. Once you've seen how Silver Orchid and Countess Natasha suffer to be with their loves, it's easier to suffer for Mr. Willis. Oh, difficulties like the crisis in the tea shop are the easy part of love. Marie, really? I don't think I'm up to it. Up to what? Up to love. It's too nerve-wracking. I don't see how you can deny your feelings like that. I don't know how I'll manage, but I've got to do it. I'll never pass biology if I start giggling and dropping things in Mr. Willis's class. I suppose. Would you like to borrow the book anyway? I really haven't time. But they go so quickly. I read them during work when no one's in the shop. My boss would sack me if I did that. Pity. Hmm. I'd better find you something to wear home. Marie, maybe I can help you. Find something warm for you? No. <laughs> With Mr. Willis. Do you mean that? If you'd like. Hmm. <laughs> Perhaps you can. <laughs> And you will find is what the pundits say. So we, my friend, are seeking to make this your day. The trumpets call, they tell it all. It's gonna be a great day. Hey, with all that lies in store, what are you waiting for? It's gonna be a great day, a great day. Let the Kellogg's pour, watch the old spirit soar. Calling you for a great day, calling you K little E double L and no, it's double good. Good days start with breakfast, and great days can start with Kellogg's. Corn flakes to crackling bran, Rice Krispies to most. Kellogg's has the cereal to start your day off right. Trust your morning to Kellogg's. It's not far away, Kellogg's will help you say, there's gonna be a great day, we're gonna see a great day, hey, 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 it's gonna be a great day. It isn't that Paul Willis is beyond the pining, worrying, and wondering that Marie and Lynn are doing. It's more that his pining, worrying, and wondering takes a different direction from theirs. Right now, he's in his bachelor flat, feeding his butterflies. He has 200 butterflies in a cage that fills half his living room. He feeds them individually, then puts the fed insects into a smaller cage until all of them have had some nectar. It is a process that takes two hours. Two hours during which he worries about whether or not he was right to break off with his lady friend, Gina. So his worrying differs in form from Marie's, but not in substance. When Paul finishes feeding and releases the butterflies from the little cage, he too feels a sense of relief. Time to get away from his home, away from his thoughts, and meet with his friend, Clive Burnage, at the Saracen's Head Pub. 
Ah, Clive, you're here. Am I? I hadn't noticed. What do you think of this bloody weather? It's enough to make me wish we were already on that cruise. Hmm. I, um, I concentrated on getting us brochures for Italian cruises. They're cheaper than Spain and Greece. What with the economy going berserk, it seemed the sensible thing to do. Ah, yes, you're always sensible. By the way, do you think it's sensible to require students to earn two-thirds of their fare rather than half? No. All right. Well, this cruise seems to be the most economic and ecologically sane. What does ecologically sane mean? It means that we stay in the ports longer, therefore less trekking about in the boat, burning up fuel. Ah, the great professor of biology and ecology must practice what he preaches. What is this? What? The way you're behaving. Oh, I wish I could be sensible. Why? You everything so ordered. Nothing surprises you, does it? Now, where would you get that idea? Well, the way you were with Gina. You just said, it's not going to work. And that was that. She wanted me to give up teaching. So you just snipped her out of your life, uh, like you snip out a frog's heart with your dissecting shears. Nothing's that simple. Mm. You and Hannah not getting along? To put it mildly, Christmas was abysmal. I'm sorry. Please don't remind me that you warned me about this. You've just spared me the trouble. I made a mistake. What's wrong? The whole marriage is wrong. We, we, we shouldn't have had the baby right away. You're being a little extreme, I think. Hell, I know. I, I, I know. <sighs> Clive, I'm sure you'll sort it out. Hannah's a lovely girl. I never objected to her just to the idea of marrying a student. I wasn't a bloody cradle robber, you know. We waited until she graduated. What difference does that make? She was still your student. There's a tremendous difference in terms of professional ethics. We're not talking about professional ethics. We're talking about a workable marriage. But I honestly thought it could work. Oh, dear, I used to think Hannah was naive. Now it appears that I was. <laughs> Remember how she used to look at you? As though she thought you were William Shakespeare, Winston Churchill, and Sir Walter Raleigh, all rolled into one. Mm. You knew there had to come a time when she would realize that you were only Clive Burnage, English instructor. It was bound to be a disappointment. Oh, marvelous. Now you're insulting me too. My wife and my best friend. You know what I'm talking about. Yes, yes, I do, unfortunately. Why don't you and Hannah talk about it? She won't talk. You're sure? Oh, yes, and my, my touch gives her goose flesh. So you'll have to go through a messy spot. Now, I really think she's smart enough to realize that as far as ordinary mortals go, her husband's a fine one. And when do you think she'll have this stirring revelation? Eventually. Ah, eventually. That's comforting. It'll probably happen about the same time that my hairline starts receding in earnest. <laughs> probably. Oh, some friend you are. Thank you. Unfortunately, you know, I rather like being a... Who did you say? A Winston Churchill and Sir Walter Scott? Or was it Raleigh? That's a child's game. There comes a time when the loo starts flooding. Now, what do you do then? Winston Churchill never fixed a flooding loo in his life. And you've got to pitch in and get your hands dirty, and suddenly the illusion is destroyed. Yeah, stiff upper lip and all that. <laughs> all right, I I'm better now. Good. Well, I suppose I must do as my favorite literary heroine, Isabel Archer, did, and uh, go home to my mistake. You know when I first fell for her? Hannah, that is, not Isabel Archer. No. Well, I was teaching them T.S. Eliot, whom I despise, and the poem was a love song of J. Alfred Prufrock, which I loathe. And Hannah had the audacity to call me up and ask me just exactly what Eliot meant when he wrote, measuring out my life with coffee spoons. 
I wanted to strangle her, but instead I became very flippant and said, Oh, he's writing about me. I get up and I have my morning coffee, then I have a cup in the teacher's lounge and another cup at noon and still another while I correct your papers. Hannah didn't say anything. And, and then I realised what I just told her was the truth. Uh, I decided coffee wasn't enough to live on, so I snapped up Hannah as soon as she passed her A-levels. <laughs> Well, the same thing will happen to you as soon as you're bored with your bugs. I like my bugs. Yes, well, some of us do have peculiar tastes. You still love Hannah, you know. Oh, yes, I know. I just wish that I could satisfy her by hand-feeding her for two hours a day, like you do with your butterflies. <laughs> You've no idea how simple your life is. this book I'm buying. It's called The Winds of Windover, about a woman who puts on armour and goes off to the Crusades and falls in love with an Ottoman Turk. I thought an Ottoman was a footstool. It is, but it's also a sort of Turk. Oh, that fresh air smells good. You know the scientific method of inquiry that Mr Willis is teaching us? Yes, I hate it. I've decided to apply scientific principles to my quest for Mr. Willis's love. It doesn't sound very romantic. Oh, it's not, but I think it might work. If you'd read the books, you'd see that sometimes the most romantic thing you can do is be unromantic. Oh. Would you like to be my research assistant? I don't have to fall in love with him again, do I? No, that's hardly necessary. What do I have to do? Actually, it would be best if we could run a series of experiments, but... Since we can't guarantee pure laboratory conditions, we'll simply have to observe him in his natural habitat. Like the African zoologist he told us about? Exactly. I've taken to carrying a little notebook about and recording his behavior. You're joking! Not in the least. I record what he likes, what he eats, and so forth. You could keep notes when I'm not around. Oh, smashing! What if he sees them? He won't see them. If you consider paint as more than just a covering for your walls, consider quality True Test paints from True Value Hardware Stores. Hi, Pat Summerall to tell you that True Test Easy Care Flat Latex Wall and Trim Finish actually helps protect your walls from stains and finger marks with its durable, scrubbable finish. Or choose True Test Satin Hue Flat Latex for a velvety finish that will soften your rooms and enhance the furnishings. Get True Test Easy Care or Satin Hue only at participating True Value Hardware Stores. I like pepperoni, but it doesn't like me. Feel better fast with Digel. With the ingredients in Digel, relief from acid indigestion and gas starts in less than a minute. I like corned beef. I like cabbage. I like franks. I like beans. I like spaghetti. And meatballs. But they don't like me. If you like something that doesn't like you, feel better fast with Digel. Digel relief starts in less than a minute. For occasional use only as directed. Paige certainly knows what she wants. And at her age, she shows a lot of courage to go after her heart's desire. Life, however, hasn't yet shown her that what she thinks she wants is not necessarily what will make her truly happy. Marie, with Lynn's help, kept applying the scientific method of inquiry to the study of Paul Willis. 
Now that the cold, foggy days of winter have become the warm, foggy days of spring, Marie has devised her final strategy. Her strategy is as intricate as a battle plan in keeping with the dictum of historical romances that love conquers all. Mr. Willis. Mm, yes? Isn't it true uh, that you'll need a parent assistant to help with a student cruise trip? Uh, yes, quite. I asked my parents if they'd be willing to help, and uh, they said they might. They thought you might join us for supper Wednesday to discuss it. I feed my butterflies until 6.30, so it'll have to be after that. We had planned for 7.30. All right, then. Excellent. I, uh, I think it takes a, a great deal of courage to take care of living insects. Courage? I hardly think well, that's the word. Well, it's better than sticking them with a bunch of pins, isn't it? That's near to vivisection. So is frog dissection. Oh, dear, it is, isn't it? Hmm... Complications in life can be irritating, can't they? Anyway, I really wish you would spend more time discussing your collection of living Lipidoptera. I have enough trouble trying to make you remember the plant and animal phyla. By you, I assume you mean the general run of students, not those of us who are really fascinated with biology. Oh, of course. I would be willing to organize a select group of students and form an extracurricular butterfly club. <laughs> I'm afraid that if you proposed that, the headmaster would think we had butterflies in our heads. Hmm, sorry. If you're really interested, I'll work it into a class lecture. I'd like that. Fine. Then uh, I'll expect a full report on your lecture when I see you at supper Wednesday. Oh, it's got to be here. Can't you have a green kilt? And look like a schoolgirl. But you are a schoolgirl. The bane of my existence, believe me. There is my good black skirt. I'm going to scream if I can't find it in ten seconds. Marie, pull yourself together. You're as nervous as I was when I made an idiot of myself in Puffin's tea shop. Mr. Willis will be here any second. What do you expect me to do? Answer the door of my French knickers? <laughs> it might have a smashing effect. Then... This is true love, not a wanton moment of idle lust. Isn't that your black skirt laid out on the chair? Oh, I forgot. <gasps> it's him! Hairspray. Marie, wait! Marie, that was antiperspirant. Oh, Mr. Willis warned us not to use phosphates. This is my punishment. It's fluorocarbons in sprays, and these don't contain them anyway. Oh, is this hairspray? I smell like an underarm. Here, perfume. Let's go. Oh. I hope all these theme sprays don't curdle on top of my head. Uh, Marie, I'm starting to feel nauseous again. I think I'll just dash out the back. At least wait say hello. Remember... Our research says that he likes intellect in insects and that if Countess Natasha can do it, so can you. Nanny, wait! Good luck! Oh. Uh, Mr. Willis, uh, I thought I heard a ring, but I wasn't sure. I rang twice. I'm so sorry. I was absorbed in reading uh, a most fascinating study on the effects of radioactivity on driver ants. Hmm? Do take a seat in the sitting room and I'll get Dad. 
I fear Mummy must be a bit occupied with a steak and kidney pud. The other faculty coordinator, Clive Burnage, quite a good chap. He and I like to handle paperwork, so there really shouldn't be an inordinate amount of work for you to do, Mr. Page. Hmm. Yes. Hmm. Well, actually, it's not the work I mind. It's, uh, it's that I, I, I've never really dealt with the travel agency business per se, as it were. Clive and I handle that. Well, what do you need me for, uh, so to speak? Oh, it's more of an emergency measure. I mean, there is some responsibility for you if anything should go wrong. I see. Well, it, it's rather a question, then, of, of coordinating the voices of the parents here at home, should we say? Precisely. You could do that, Dad, couldn't you? Well, I don't see why not. Do you? No. Hmm. Yes. No, I should think not. Um, Agnes, uh, where's that Demitas? Coming, Arthur. <laughs> she was raised in India, you know. Hmm? Um, Agnes. Oh, oh, I see. Where were you? Raised? Uh, no, 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 no. In the conversation. Oh, yes. Well, the only time there was extra work for the parent representative was after the Alexandria incident. Alexandria incident? What was that? Oh, Dad, you know, Mr. Willis is famous for that. Hardly famous. Dad, it was in the London Times. The Times? Oh. Yes. The cruise ship was about to leave Alexandria. Suddenly there arose a terrible storm. An Egyptian captain was supposed to guide the ship out of the dangerous coastal waters. He said that passage was impossible and refused to pilot the ship. However, the regular captain decided that he must stick to his schedule and took the terrible risk. Agnes! Um, come in here. You'll miss a cracking good story. It was a foolhardy decision. The ship dashed its belly against the floor of the sea and a huge hole opened in its hull. Yet the crippled ship survived the storm. It limped on towards Athens, listing on its side all the way. It was a bit frightening, really, but perhaps not quite that dramatic. Mr. Willis, of course, was quite a hero. Mm, oh, yes, mm, quite. Super, not really. Nonsense, of course you were. You kept your young charges safe during the storm, then led a successful battle to have part of the affairs refunded. It was the least I could do, under the circumstances, that <coughs> is. Ah, here's Aggie now. Ah, <coughs> oh, here we are. Uh, you're too late. You missed it. Oh, how disappointing. I do so love stories of foreign lands. No, she was raised in India, you know. Agnes. Dad, mm -hmm. perhaps we could invite Mr. Willis again and listen to more of his fascinating stories. Hmm, yes, yes. Well, after all, we will be cooperating, as it were. Hmm? Yes, super. Last week, my life looked as drab and forbidding as your Guinness. Your wife, did you say? Her, too. Things are better now? I wept. <laughs> she was feeding the baby and she looked over at me and she said, Mummy was right. Husbands are bigger babies than the little ones. So she popped a bit of Tina's mashed banana into my mouth and she said, Were you hungry or did you just want to be cuddled? <laughs> I, 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 I snivelled a bit more and started ranting about you and your butterflies and wishing that nourishment were as simple as finding a bite to eat. And we both went on with further illogical drivel until somehow things got better. Mm. Uh, Talkative today, aren't you? I was just thinking that life is hard. 
Some people come to the most astonishing conclusions. I mean, you and Hannah are so well suited, and yet there had to be some problems. If you care, you find your way around the difficulties. Mm, perhaps. Hello there. Paul? <laughs> come back. <laughs> Sorry. But look, I'd better be off. Our parent coordinator for the cruise is coming over with his family. I'm not that page bloke. He's not a bad sort. <coughs> not, not bad. <laughs> <laughs> and the daughters are love. I mean, they've had me over for supper half a dozen times. Ah, uh, yes. I, uh, I thought I saw you and Marie Page eyeing each other over your paramecium. Clive, don't be absurd. And the other day you were telling me how attractive and articulate she was. Was I? Quite a storytelling flair, you say. I did. Mm. I think you fancy her. She's only a student. She will graduate. I still don't think it's ethical or sensible. Teaching means too much to me. You're implying that I'm unethical? You forced the issue. I think perhaps you protest a little too much. About Marie, that is. What's it a name? Well, it takes a lot of fine names to make Sears names stand for quality. Names you've always counted on, like Kenmore, Craftsman, Easy Living, and Die Hard. Names that kids and moms cheer, like Winnie the Pooh and Tough Skins. Names that are a part of your life today, like Permapress, Klingalon, and Winner 2. And, of course, there's Sears Best Products in everything from T-shirts to tractors. What's in a name? Well, it takes a lot of truly dependable names to make our name. Sears Roebuck & Company. Helen, don't buy that pain reliever. Why not? They're all the same. Check the labels. Okay, uh, two tablets of regular Tylenol, 650 milligrams. Check the other pain relievers, too. Bayer, 650 milligrams. Bufferin, 650 milligrams. Anison, oh, 800 milligrams. I didn't know Anison had more pain reliever. That's what makes Anison different. More pain reliever and a special combination of medical ingredients. I'm switching to Anison. Get the Anison difference. Use only as directed. Cicely Tyson again. And here's the fourth act of Love Conquers All. Hello, Marie. Oh, Mr. Willis. Oh, um, how, how are you enjoying the cruise? Well enough. You're not catching cold. Of course not. Why are you all bundled up? I'm, um... It's August in the Mediterranean. I'm reading a book that makes me shiver. Oh, I see. Ghost stories? No, it's, um, The Raging Wars of Winter. Mm, quite a hefty book. You don't mind if I sit here? Oh, no. Hmm. Actually, I'm uh, reading The Universe and Dr. Einstein. Unfortunately, I left it in the cabin. Oh, I've read that. How do you like it? Interesting. And, of course, uh, Dr. Einstein is fascinating. But actually, I'm only just starting it. Yes, uh, what's this one? Oh. oh. Brunhilde Wunderbaum, a Visigothic warrior queen, falls in battle against the Roman legions. Mm. She's nursed back to health by a famous Roman poet who loves her, but her passions burn for one man and one man only, the Roman soldier who tried to slay her. She struggles to reach him, fighting against the Roman Praetorian Guard, sneaking through the battle lines of her own people, and finally through the raging winters of Central Europe, until Brunhilde proves once again that love conquers all. Um, what do you think? Um, interesting. Hmm. 
I'm reading it because I... I think it might shed some historical light on our Italian crews, Romans and such. The book's very well researched. Oh, uh, of course. You really think it's all right? What? That someone might like to read a book, such as The Raging Wars of Winter. If you like it, it's all right. My dad thinks I'm balmy to read such books. He says, if you wish to know about the Romans per se, read Gibbon's Decline and Fall of the Roman Empire and avoid this poppycock, as it were. <laughs> well, it's a bit more than just the Romans now, isn't it? What do you mean? Well, there's a bit of romance and adventure, a little fantasy. Yes, I suppose there is. And that's what about f- it? That's fun, isn't it? Hmm? Yes, it is. We all need a little respite from reality once in a while. I think you do understand. I try. It's tonight, Linny. It's going to happen tonight. Oh, Marie, you really think you want to go through with this? Yes, oh, yes. But what if Mr. Willis thinks you're ridiculous? Where's my good black skirt? wish you wouldn't wear that. It's like a hunting costume with you. You're just jealous. You wish you had the courage. Well, what if he laughs at you? Think how embarrassed you'll be. I can risk that. Oh, you'll be miserable for the rest of the cruise. Think of all those hours you spent working in the chemist to earn your fare. Well, they'd be wasted. Linny, I'm sure your advice is very well meant and very prudent, but it's really more suited to yourself than it is to me. What do you mean? Well, even when you were in love with Mr. Willis, it was more something to be giddy and have fun with than than something you took seriously. When the going got rough, it was easier for you to forget about him and go concentrate on your tennis game instead. Hmm, I suppose. But Mr. Willis means a lot to me. He's the reason that I'm on the cruise in the first place. I guess I think about him the way Dad thinks about the British Empire. It's the one thing in my life that's been a little glorious. You look pensive, Paul. I suppose you're wondering if your butterflies are being properly cared for. Actually, I was noticing how bright the stars are. And and then it's so dark over there in the west where the clouds are starting to come across. Yeah, the trouble with this wind is I can't keep my wretched pipe lit. (laughs) I'm going in. Ciao. Arrivederci. Hello, Mr. Willis. Good heavens. Marie, I, I didn't see you with those clothes on. You sort of blend with the dark. I love the dark. Yes, it is nice, isn't it? The Mediterranean air seething in our lungs. <laughs> You're glad you could make the cruise, then? Hmm? I feel like Brunhilde Wunderbaum in my book, The Raging Wars of Winter. How so? I feel very strong. As though I could do something astonishingly rash and courageous for the sake of an ideal. Do you feel that way about love? I? Hmm, I didn't see anyone else lying about. I don't know. You mean you won't answer? That's right. Then I'll have to lead the way. I love you, Mr. Willis. I've loved you ever since the day we were dissecting worms, and I was nauseous from the formaldehyde, remember? You told me to keep my head down, and you kept your hand on my back until I felt better. I remember. What of it? I knew then that you were a very caring person. That wasn't intended to make you react the way you did. I was concerned, but... Oh, I know that. 
But we've gotten closer since, and I, I know you like me. As a person, not as a lover. That should be perfectly clear. Is it clear because that's really your natural reaction? If you wouldn't have to endure a solid reprimand from the headmaster and perhaps a few nasty comments from some town gossips, you might feel quite differently about me. But, Marie, the fact remains that you're, what, 17? Almost. Even if a romance with you were legal, it would be highly unethical. It's against everything I stand for as a teacher. I have no right to abuse my position of authority under any circumstances. But if you weren't my teacher... I am your teacher. I'm also rather more than twice your age. I don't care. I do. Please, don't be angry with me, Mr. Willis. I'm sorry. No, Lord, I just want to die. Marie. I do. I just like to jump off the bloody ship and die. Marie, don't be silly. I'm not worth it. How do you know? Because I've lived with myself all these years. Oh, stop it. Please stop it. Please don't tease Maria. me. Maria. Maria, I don't know what to say to you. Ordinarily, if a student of mine seems to be interested in me as a man, I tend to be gruff with her. I, I try to stop those feelings right away before she gets hurt. As your dad would say, nip it in the bud, as it were. But, well, we've become friends, haven't we? Yes. So I can't really use my normal defences, can I? No, I suppose not. Oh, I feel just dreadful. This isn't the way a romance should go at all. Why is that? Oh, I imagine I should really go ahead and jump into the sea. It's awfully dark and getting darker. And this wind, you might never find me. <laughs> but just as you jump, I might grab you in my strong, sinuous arms and Pull your fragile body away from the peril of the sea. Are you teasing me? Just a little. I asked you not to. I know, but it was such a good scenario, I couldn't resist. How can you make fun of romance? I'm not making fun of romance, nor of you. I think I'm making fun of expectations and fantasies, especially when they get in the way of savouring a, a particular moment for what it really is so great about right now? I'm not quite sure. Maybe, maybe that you were brave enough to tell me one of your secrets. Oh, I do feel like a fool. Please don't. Because, you know, I'm really very flattered. And you're a very likable person, Marie. I need you to have someone I like tell me they like me. Well, good. You've had that. You see, I've been in the same position as you are, I believe. How do you know? Oh, my lady friend Gina left me. I was mad about her. I didn't know you had a lady friend. I haven't anymore. Why did she break it off? She left because she thought I was wasting myself teaching. At least that's what she said. Oh, I felt terribly lost. I'd built up all this wonderful, exciting, romantic energy and there was no place to put it. Isn't that a little bit how you feel right now? Perhaps a little, yes. And, and, and then my father told me that as far as he could see... A friendship laced with a sense of humor is more durable than the grandest of passions. What's that to do with me? Well, perhaps it's time for us both to realize that there are more ways to be with people than with those overwhelming feelings of good old... What's her name? Who? That woman you were reading about. Oh, yes. Uh, but Brunhilde Wunderbaum's feelings are beautiful. Oh, I'm sure they are. And fun, right? Mm. 
I'd hate for us not to be friends just because the feelings we have for each other aren't grandiose passions. Are you friends with Gina? <laughs> Trying to be. It's not easy. Well, I don't expect things will be easy for me either. I'm going in now. I want to think things through a bit. Good night. Good night. The conclusion of our story, after these words. An encouraging report on the computer industry. The discouraging word about Gasahaw. A major new trend in corporate restructuring. The downturn in home prices. Articles like these on every phase of business are found every business day in the Wall Street Journal. If you need vital business information, have a pencil ready for an important offer from the Wall Street Journal. The journal recently reported on the long-term impact of the Soviet grain embargo. You would have read about metal mania, its sweeping America, and why the expectations aren't so great for steel stocks. The Wall Street Journal. It's all the business news you need when you need it. Right now, you can get 20 weeks of the journal. That's 100 copies for just $26, a real money-saving offer. So in the continental U.S., call this toll-free number now. 800-331-1000. That's 800-331-1000. Except in Oklahoma. You'll be billed later. That's 800-331-1000. As he watches Marie walk away across the deck, Paul Willis realizes that he needs to add a postscript to the conversation he has just concluded with his adoring student. Marie. Yes? I, I... I wish you didn't look so disappointed. I'm just trying to sort things out. I understand that you're right. After all, I can't live up to my romantic ideals. Brunhilde of Wunderbaum would have leapt into the sea and swum to Sicily to be with her love. I was afraid to do that, because I knew that in real life I'd simply sink like a stone. It's just part of growing up. But you see, I'm right as well. I was right to love you, because you are a very caring person. Without your defenses, that is. Thank you, Marie. So are you. Maybe that's the part that's really important. Runway clear. Flight 49, you're cleared for landing. Some people can't afford a sore throat. Doctors recommend chloroseptic lozenges with anesthetic action to deaden pain fast. In a medical study, adults preferring chose chloroseptic three to one over the other leading lozenge for quick, temporary relief of minor sore throat pain. Flight 63, do you read me? Loud and clear. If you can't afford a sore throat, get chloroseptic lozenges or fast-acting chloroseptic liquid. Use only as directed. Motorcraft plugs and tune-up parts are what I needed for quick, sure starts like the night sweet Linda and I would elope, but a hard-starting car made her call me a dope. All that cranking made such a noise, her paw got up and lost his poise, said to his sons, get him, boys. I wish I had Motorcraft. Well, I solved my problem that very next night with Motorcraft plugs and a tune-up done right. We were through the window and out of sight. Her paw never heard a sound, for sure. Quality parts for all makes of cars. Motorcraft, for sure.
The Mutual Radio Theater is brought to you five nights a week at this time. Tonight's original radio play, Love Conquers All, was written by Patricia Joyce and produced and directed by Fletcher Markle. Your hostess was Cicely Tyson. Our stars were Joan McCall and Ivor Barry. Featured in the cast were Richard Peel, Sandy Newton, and Ben Wright. The Mutual Radio Theater theme was composed by Nelson Riddle. John Harlan speaking. The Elliott Lewis production of Mutual Radio Theater is a presentation of CVI. This is Leonard Nimoy. Listen to us tomorrow. I've got another story of adventure. Listen here, tomorrow. This is Ajax with a reminder to join us again next time for comedy, music, mystery, and drama on CreamCityUSA.com. 